I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And welcome to Kicks Back, everyone, presented by Betway. Caroline and Julia here with you. And I feel like probably an episode, Julia, where we're both shocked because both of the teams that we had winning in the quarterfinals are now booking their tickets home. And this World Cup has been insanely unpredictable. What are your thoughts right now? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start with the games in a minute, but just like overall thoughts, what are they? Totally. I mean, I think unpredictable is 100% the theme of this tournament. I did not expect the quarterfinals to go how they went. And I think it's, again, an attest to just this unpredictability, just this idea of we don't know what's going to happen. Every team is great at this stage. You never know who's going to be on, who's going to be off. You know, the calls that are going to go for or against certain teams, like we'll chat about it for sure, but we've had some VAR calls. We've had penalties that were converted and penalties that were missed so it's like it feels like you genuinely have no clue what's going on you have to be on your feet at all times and that makes for some really exciting matches it's been crazy I feel it's so funny right now I made a a video maybe two weeks ago now or a week ago saying how Japan could win the whole World Cup. This was after their group stages. I believe at that point in time, they had 11 goals scored, zero conceded. You know, we know the way Japan had played, you know, I think up until kind of the Sweden game. And (laughs) it's so funny because now everyone's flooding the comments being like, well, this aged well. And I'm like, this, which is totally fine because I think Mm -hmm. it's hilarious, right? That that's the beauty of this women's World Cup is just... Mm -hmm you have these massive teams that were supposed to win it all, either exiting in the group stage or now kind of having this upset elimination in the knockout rounds, right? Like Japan for me was a team that mm-hmm. should have been in the finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll, we'll get to that game in a minute. I obviously want to start with uh, Spain and Netherlands, but the unpredictability of this women's world cup, the upsets, the storylines, the the calls, the decisions, it's been chaotic. And mm. as a football fan, and obviously as someone who's played in a junior world cup, I'm living for every second of this. And I'm totally cool with being wrong with my predictions. I'm totally cool with it. If it yeah. means like having this kind of chaos on the biggest stage of them all. Like, it's just crazy. 
Oh my gosh, absolutely. And I just even think the the grit and the drive of the the players and the teams to to fight their way through, even though it's so unpredictable, super cool. Like I was reporting the the game last night, um, my time in Toronto, and it's like, okay, Spain comes out, they're looking fabulous. I know we'll get to that in a second, but they they score and then the, you know, the Dutch come back and it's one one. And at this point, you're like, what's even gonna happen? So again, it's it's so exciting and seeing a lot of these games too go to extra time go to penalties like we're really getting some exciting moments but wow i thought japan was gonna take it all too and you know it's funny that you bring up the social media people they remember things it's so good like i did a, a video about round of 16 predictions and literally got every single one of them right oh. so i was like that's cool now every single one of them's wrong and people are like what do you know and i'm like but this oh. is the point like we don't know what's gonna happen and i don't care and that's what's so cool Listen, guys, if Julia and I had a crystal ball, we'd be playing the lottery um, <laughs> and we would probably be on an island somewhere yep. watching the World <laughs> Cup from our from a massive TV on the beach. But we don't. So that's why I'm saying it's the beauty of the World Cup. And you're right. People don't forget. Um, and, and that's yeah, that's just the fun part. Right. Like I actually mm -hmm. personally enjoy that they remembered my video to come back to, or now I'm right. getting spammed with what do you know comments? Because I'm like, yeah, this is, <laughs> we all don't know because if anyone had watched Japan play up until that point, mm -hmm. any type of football fan, even my dog cash agrees. He's like, Japan was so good. If you could hear him barking in the background, um, any football fan would agree that this is a team that can go all the way. So mm -hmm. it's the beauty of it. We'll start with Spain and Netherlands. You and I both had the Netherlands going yeah. through in this game. And that's no disrespect to Spain because mm -mm. we said that Spain was a very dangerous team with dangerous players. They know how to pass the ball, but it was kind of that consistency. And even for me, it was like, okay, looking at the Spain Japan game, when they played a top contender, were they able to kind of buckle down and finish a game and, and come out on top? Well, the start of this Spain Netherlands game, mm -hmm. I, I think I even tweeted like Spain's doing work on the Netherlands. And mm -hmm. I had every expectation of the Netherlands to come out and pass the ball that the way that they know how to, and it's, just so textbook when they're in rhythm. And I think Spain completely disrupted that. And if anything, they were the ones in rhythm with their passing, playing these yeah. really cheeky, short, quick one touch mm -hmm. passes in the Netherlands final, uh, in the final third. And I was just so blown away by them. And I'm like, wow, this is probably now going to go in Spain's direction. And this game was insane. We'll break it down moment by moment. But from the get, oh. even Spain having that goal that was called back, them mm -hmm. hitting, I think like at the, in this game, they hit like three posts. Crazy. It was insane. Mm -hmm. Man. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I thought the Spanish, they came out with flair, with finesse. I was really surprised that the Netherlands weren't pressing. They let the Spanish basically walk all over in their midfield. They gave them so much space in the final third. It was very uncharacteristic for me from the Dutch. So I was kind of like, what's going on? You know, of course, as a city fan, Jill Roar just signed from Manchester City. So I was expecting to see her a lot. She has four goals in the tournament so far, but she was basically silenced. So I was kind of like, oh my gosh, worried that this is going to be a, a blowout almost just the way Spain was playing. But yeah, they, unfortunately for them, even though they got it done in the end, in the first half, I think they were a little bit unlucky in front of net, but major, major kudos to the Dutch keeper. That first save, I think it was Redondo that, that double post. Wow. That was class. Great reaction time on her part, but beautiful, 
beautiful football from Spain. And if they play like that, they could go very, very far. Oh, and I totally agree. In that first 45 minutes, uh, Spain had 12 shots, three on target. The Netherlands, one shot, zero on target. So it just kind of showed you how dominant that first 45 minutes was by Spain. And then going into the second half, that's at some point where all this drama started to come in. Uh, and for those who didn't watch this game had moments of just like uh, lulls or Spain really dominating or whatnot. But then there were also like very dramatic moments. One being where Vandergrat Netherlands mm-hmm. center back had an awful handball. Like you can't make up a worse handball. <laughs> oh no. Her feet were outside the box, but her hand was clearly in the box. The ball hit it. She basically extended her whole arm out and handball Spain capitalized on that penalty, which obviously was a penalty. Mm-hmm. And the thing that you can't make up is in the 91st or the 92nd minute, Vandergrat, the same player who caused that handball scores the tying goal in added time. And to me, I was just like, oh my goodness, you hear the commentators saying this could have been Vandergrat's last mm-hmm. international football match of her career. And I'm like, mm-hmm. please don't let this woman go out on that would such be a horrible. Row. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it what a what a horrible way to go out thinking, okay, oh my gosh, I cost my team who went to the 2019 World Cup final yeah. uh, another opportunity at this point to, to, to hopefully go to another final here in 2023. So when she scored that goal in extra time, I'm like, talk about a redemption tour. Her teammates were amped. Her coach was amped. Mm-hmm. I, at that point, I'm like, whoa, like the Netherlands could come back because that is a momentum game changer totally. that you can't even... You, you can't make that up. I'm just like, you can't make the storyline up at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, and then obviously we went into extra time. So what were your thoughts at that point in time in the game? Oh my gosh. In extra time, I thought, again, similar to what you had, the Netherlands, they're coming with the momentum for sure. I was, I was expecting it to go to penalties, to be quite honest, just the way both teams were playing. Um, but yeah, it, it didn't, of, of course, but wow, what, what a game. And, you know, Vandergrat's goal too, I want to mention was the 147th goal, which is the most, of course, we have more goals by now too, but the most goals in FIFA Women's World Cup history. So pretty cool, obviously, and attest to the fact Love that. more teams, but tons and tons of goals are being scored um, this tournament. But I was just so excited when it went to extra time because I know both of these teams are fiery. They want to move forward. And yeah, it was just some some great, great football. But I also want to mention, too, going back into regular time, Bierenstein getting taken down in the box. Yes. And Basically, ref originally says it's going to be a penalty. She goes back, checks VAR, comes back, immediately says no penalty. Personally, I thought it was a penalty, but there is debate. There is debate. So I'm so glad that you brought this up. I feel like there's so many moments that happened in this game that... (laughs) We're so dramatic (laughs) that I forgot about this one. So yes, this is a great point to bring up because here's my thing with VAR. We finally have this technology right in front of us where officials are allowed to go to a a screen, replay a moment in time multiple times from many different angles and make their decision. And in my opinion, I don't understand how the ref got this one so wrong Mm -mm. because it was a foul and it was a penalty. And so many people are like, Oh, it's shoulder to shoulder. There was nothing harmful about that. 
People need to realize that if you're running at speed and someone goes shoulder to shoulder with you, you're going to fall. And that has nothing to do with your run of speed or what you're doing. It has everything to do with what the other person did. So whether it was shoulder to shoulder or maybe not the dirtiest thing we've ever seen in the box, it was a penalty. And I think that, I mean, I would assume that probably like would have been a goal if that was a penalty. We've seen, we'll talk mm-hmm. about penalties here in a second in the Japan game. We've seen a lot of players miss. We've seen a lot of goalkeepers save, but that could have been an instrumental moment in time in the game for the Netherlands. And Bierenstein, you know, put a lot of work into that game. She had a lot of chances that I think she should have finished one or two, uh, but that's a lot of pressure to put on one player. There's mm-hmm. a lot of great players on this Netherlands team. Martins was another one of them that I thought would have a very, very special game. She was muted a little bit by this Spanish team because Spain just played out of their minds in my Mm -hmm. opinion but yeah I have a very big problem with VAR in this capacity that it's like we finally have this technology why aren't we still able to make the right decisions make the right calls and in other times why aren't we able to use it correctly it's like at times we use it when we need to and then at times refs don't even check VAR where you're like you should clearly check it because I'm watching from my home Mm -hmm. from the TV in my home (laughs) and I'm like Whoa, go check that. You know what I mean? So yeah, I feel for the Netherlands in, in the sense that I do think it was a penalty. Could the game have gone in a different direction? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But in the same breath, Spain was a better team on that yeah. day. So I don't think that they were robbed in any way or, you know, it's not like the Netherlands had this blowout game and then they were robbed by the ref. I don't believe that that's the case. I think the better team won. It's just unfortunate that, like I said, we have this technology and at times we're still getting it wrong. Yeah, I agree. Uh, There's always controversy with VAR in every single league, almost every single game. There's questions. To me, it makes no sense. Like there has to be some sort of regulated rules around the technology when they're used, when they're not. And I understand that it's subjective as well. So that's always going to bring in people's opinions and controversy um, and whatnot. But yeah, this Netherlands team, they'll be thinking about every single moment they missed. But again, major credit goes out to this Spanish team. They played as a team as well. I'm really excited to see how they uh, go up against Sweden. I think that's going to be a fabulous game. But wow. Yeah. Still did feel you, the Netherlands team. Did you think it was a penalty? I personally think yes. I personally yeah. think it was a penalty. I think the um, Spanish keeper was coming up like not keeper, sorry, player coming from behind. So then it was like, well, you're being almost like body checked from behind in a way. Like there's nothing you can do about that at all. Any, I just don't get why it wasn't called. I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I mean, for anyone defending that, I'm like, imagine running and yeah, you being yeah. body checked. It's again, it's not the dirtiest thing. We've seen worse no, in the no. box. But like if you're running at speed and you have the ball at your feet and you get kind of checked from behind, you're going to fall. And that's oh not your fault. <laughs> totally. totally. And it's like, I don't know. I'm trying to think what was going through the ref's head. Did they think it was soft? Did they think Bierenstein fell? Like, I mean, like you said, these players, it's sometimes hard to tell just how fast they're even running mm-hmm. on the TV screen. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think there's different ways. Maybe the Spanish player could have gone about it, but at the same time, like <laughs> you're pushed over in the box. I don't know. It makes me frustrated. Okay, well, we completely agree to everyone listening to everyone watching. Let us know what you think, because it was definitely a big point of controversy. And again, a point in the game where the momentum could have completely shifted and gone Mm -hmm. in the Netherlands direction. You just never know, right? Absolutely. 
Yeah. But we're talking about momentum and extra time. We saw, you know, Bierenstein have an opportunity to score mm-hmm. a goal and she shanks it, right? Like it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. These things happen. It wasn't her day. She had an immense amount of opportunities. Again, I think she should have capitalized on a couple of, she, it wasn't her day, mm-hmm. but talk about Spain on the very next play, uh, play oh. down the field, Para mm-hmm. Luelo at 19 years old, which I believe Amazing. is now the youngest Spanish player to mm-hmm. score in, in a world cup for the women's side nails one, not only nails oh. one, but like, the confidence and patience she had on the ball. And then obviously picked the perfect spot in the net, you know, low corner kind of hit the post and went in what a moment with, I think there was like five minutes to spare in in that second block of extra time. Just what a moment from the Netherlands missing a very, very big opportunity to Mm -hmm. then in again, that very next play Spain capitalizing. And I just feel like that's, the importance at this point in time at the world cup and capitalizing on your chances is, is just teams now are going to be very, very, very good. And any chance could be the chance. And I just think Spain, the way they sealed the deal, it's like, mm-hmm. there was no question left in my mind, which team should be advancing and which team was the better team on the day. Yeah, I agree. Even from the first minute, I was like, Spain's <laughs> they're on their game today yep. and you just get that energy, that feeling from them. But yeah, talk about that goal, like, picture perfect precision that again pure confidence incredible goal incredible moment for her not only the youngest Spaniard to score in the women's world cup but also the latest game winner in women's world cup history you could see what it meant for her just the emotion could you imagine being 19 years old she's obviously you know the hero that's some serious emotions but again all it takes it comes down to one strike one ball one opportunity and that's going to be the difference from teams Mm -hmm. advancing at this point so we've talked about it this whole tournament with so many different teams who are having problems being clinical who are having problems finding the net that's not going to fly at this stage of the tournament anymore and again credit obviously goes to netherlands but spain totally deserves to go through and if they play like that like i mentioned it's it's going to be crazy well they play sweden next which i don't even know what to think about that game because we'll get like right now let's just quickly transition to sweden and japan we you know we give kudos to sweden they topped Mm -hmm. their group they took down a very tough u.s women's national team in terms of just legacy and obviously despite how the women's team the the u.s women's team played they obviously have a lot of talented players Mm -hmm. that you can't just underestimate at all so sweden finished that game and here we are against japan one of our favorite teams to win the whole thing uh i believe up until this game they had 14 goals and Mm -hmm. had only conceded one so Mm -hmm. they're in top top form and sweden edges out a 2-1 victory i mean millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. 
but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. At this point in time, Sweden have taken down the U.S. and Japan in back-to-back games. Crazy. At the World <laughs> Cup. Amazing. I mean... I'm at the point now where I'm like, okay, Sweden doesn't necessarily play a full 90 of pretty football. There are things that they could clean up. There are things that they Mm -hmm. could probably improve Mm -hmm. on. But you want to talk about a team that gets it, gets the job done and has a tactic and a tactical game plan and comes out and executes. That's Mm -hmm. the team. And now I'm like, Sweden can go all the way because that's a smart team that knows how to, how to beat a team like Japan, who knows how to beat a team like the U S these were two teams that were potentially going to win it all. And Sweden Mm -hmm. has taken them down both in back-to-back games. I'm so overly impressed. And now I'm like, have we not talked about Sweden enough? I mean, I think it's certainly possible that they were always, for me, Sweden was a team that was always kind of up there, but didn't have that extra edge to sort of take it all the way. And I think for them, perhaps this is their time to shine because, you know, runners up at the Olympics, runners up at the last World Cup, they see runners up for a lot of different things, a lot of different tournaments. And maybe possibly of course we don't want to say for sure we don't know but this could be their time to finally get that gold that they've been searching for on the world stage for honestly honestly years and yeah like you mentioned Caroline sometimes it doesn't have to be the best football all the time because that's impossible like you can't play 100% the whole time but I can't stress enough how much of an accomplishment it is to take the U.S. in penalties, that's a very overwhelming, stressful environment. To take on a very clean, clinical Japan and, yeah, basically fluster the Japanese for this game. It was crazy, crazy cool. Sweden's fans are also so exciting. They I know. are such a hoot on TikTok. They're so fun. And, yeah, I I think they have it in them now. They have momentum. They have confidence. Look who they just took down. They're going to go into Spain and say, well, why can't we beat the Spanish team? We beat Japan and USA. There, you mentioned a good thing about the fact that Sweden have had to go into penalties with the U S just imagine how tired mm-hmm. their legs are going into Japan, yeah. Yeah. a very fast team, a very, we've, we've said mm-hmm. it so many times on this podcast, not only physically fast, but mentally fast. Like you have yeah. to be 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. on your game to beat the Japanese side. And again, if you've been watching them this entire world cup, you know exactly what we're talking about. They're just so clinical in every area, in the defense in the offense mm-hmm. in their passing, everything. in the quality, everything. So the fact that this Swedish, 
other side came out and, and did that after playing extra time, after going through penalties, that's a mentally and physically exhausting mm-hmm. task to, to, to overcome. And then they just, honestly, I just, I'm still in wow. disbelief. I'm cause for me, this wasn't, this game wasn't too long ago. I'm still in disbelief with what happened and full kudos to Sweden. One thing I want to say is we've said many times on this podcast, can Japan keep that mm-hmm. performance going? Can they keep it consistent? Cause it's not easy when you're going at that pace of this brilliant style of football and you're winning all these games and you have these stats like 14 goals, one conceded mm-hmm. and no team can kind of compete with you. You're beating Spain. What was that game? Four nil. Yes. You know, yeah. uh, can they, can they keep that consistent? And today was the first game against Sweden where I feel like they were a little sloppy with their passes. They had a hard time kind of penetrating that Swedish defense zonally in one V one. They they were disrupted by the Swedish side. And I think that maybe not necessarily the pressure, but that ability to stay consistent Mm -hmm. at such a high top level was hard for them. Where on the flip side, you have Sweden who had, in my opinion, a very poor game against the U S and sometimes those little wake up calls, like they happen in the tournament and you go out the next game and you have a very good performance. And we saw that today. It was just kind of this perfect storm where you have two teams that play completely different styles, Mm -hmm. but Today, the Swedish side, you know, kind of took what they needed to take from the U.S. game, improved upon it, had a game plan, flustered the Japanese side defensively. You could tell they were just really forcing errors and mm-hmm. just defensively strong. And Japan, you know, I think they they leave this tournament with their heads held super high because so, they, they were incredible and, and played some of my favorite football. You know, I, I'm kind mm-hmm. of sad to see them leave this tournament because they were so, so good. But again, sometimes it's so hard to stay at that top consistent level for for an entire World Cup, for an entire month of games. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And yeah, like you mentioned, it's so unfortunate to see this being the moment that maybe they let it slip through the cracks a little bit because they're such a fabulous team. But so far... Japan hasn't really been tested in this tournament. They've played on top, fluid free this whole time. And now they're coming up against the Swedish team. It's sort of this moment where like, okay, alarm bells are ringing. What do we do? And it's so hard. It's so hard. You get into that mental zone. You're on the pitch again. You're getting a little bit flustered. It's a very high pressure situation. It's do or die. You know that. Okay. In the next half, if we don't score a couple goals, we're going home. And that certainly plays a toll um, on the players. But again, like I don't want people to go in now and be like, oh, Japan isn't as good as what we thought they are because they are exceptional. We are all human beings. We all have our days. Like example, take this United States team. They didn't have a great tournament, but... They're still a great, a great United States squad, yeah. obviously. Right. So, yeah, but wow. Well, I, again, I think it's this idea. You, you got to be tested occasionally. You got to be in these high pressure situations and that's what's going to take you all the way. If anyone claims that, you know, Japan, everyone was going to think that they were going to win it all and then they didn't and they flopped, they didn't watch a single game. They're just looking at score lines. That's all they're Mm -hmm. doing. They didn't watch a game, right? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, here we've been glued to the television watching every single game and Japan absolutely deserves the utmost respect. And I think that's why you saw even after the game, a lot of Swedish players going to console these Japanese women because Mm -hmm. it was very, a devastating loss for Japan. And uh, any team who has watched them has 
a ton of respect for the football they've played. I mean, yeah. I do, and I'm watching Amazing. from home, right? Mm-hmm. So I just think a very well-played game by both teams. It wasn't Japan's day, but I don't even want to say that because I think Sweden was so good today with their game plan and what yeah. they needed to execute. And again, to do that in back-to-back games, full credit mm-hmm. to this Sweden side. And now I'm like, <laughs> I'm so at a loss. Like, who's going to win it all? Mind yeah. blown. <laughs> but there's one thing I want to kind of tie in from the Spain and Netherlands game when we say Bierenstein had to score that goal in extra time, right? Mm -hmm. Because on the flip side, when Pera Luelo had the momentum and she ended up scoring, we talk about capitalizing on your chances. On the flip side, when Japan has a a moment like a penalty Mm -hmm. and they're not able to capitalize, and I believe that was in what, the 75th minute? Yeah, I was getting to the end. Mm -hmm. That's so unfortunate because you know, that would have been a big momentum changer. These are, these are moments Mm -hmm. that need to, again, at this point in time in the tournament against teams that are all very, very good, you have to score those moments. And obviously Japan ended up getting their goal in the 87th minute. Imagine if that was tied at two, two at that point in time, Mm -hmm. chaos, it would have been insane, a little too late for Japan at that point. But we talk about how important defense is and and the Mm -hmm. defensive side of the game, of course. And I really believe that, but in the same breath if you're not scoring those goals and you're not again it's like the theme of this podcast for me capitalizing on your chances Mm -hmm. you're gonna get burned and i think that that's a tough one i think her name was rico wakey Mm -hmm. who missed who missed the penalty i i feel for her because you know she's she's putting a lot of that on her shoulders right now but just these big moments and these big games i'd say both offensively and defensively where now teams have to be clinical and very very smart in everything that they do because it could that moment could be a game-changing moment uh, as to whether you advance or you go home. Certainly. And if that ball, that penalty went in the net, we all know how quickly goals can happen. They can happen at the blink of an eye. So that could have, like you said, been the turning point, being the tipping point where Japan just get that little bit of energy, a little bit of excitement and hammer a few goals in, yeah. in 10 minutes. Like we've seen them do that before. Yeah, exactly. So you never know. But major kudos to like Yueki as well. She came back. She was the one who missed the penalty and then she ended up scoring the goal for Japan. So good for her to come back and be able to obviously net that one. But you, you have to wonder if she got that penalty in, could there have been a few more? Quite possibly. But it is what it is. Obviously, the game is done now. And yeah, it's crazy to think that one shot, one strike, that's it. And how do you practice being clinical, though, in these high pressure situations? I certainly don't know. It seems a lot easier on the television screen than what it is. But again, this is what sends these teams through. And we've seen Spain do that. We've seen Sweden do that. And it's going to be the theme for the rest of the tournament. Julia, do you have an update on the golden boot or Ooh, is there... Look- Because I know that Amanda Ilstad on Sweden, who's a defender, she has now four goals on the tournament, which I think is amazing. She scored today for Sweden against Japan. Mm -hmm. So I'm uh, I'm wondering now what that golden boot race looks like. I think it's still Miyazawa at the top. Yep. With five. Then we have Diani with Fran in France with four. Alexandra Pop, Germany four, but of course she's out. And Amanda Ilstead, Sweden with four. So I think, yeah, French or Sweden, both still in the tournament. So, so that's that's really cool for me because again, Amanda Ilstad, she's a defender. Imagine if she goes on to win oh, the golden boot. That would be so cool. 
depending on how far it it is anything honestly at this world cup anything Mm -hmm. is possible so it'd be so cool for her to accomplish that because again i think as a defender you know you're not obvious for obvious reasons you're not in front of your opponent's net as often as a striker would be so i think that that's a, a, a crazy accomplishment for her and and a big goal for her today uh to help her swedish side and her and her country kind of get mm-hmm. past a very good Japan. So yeah, it's been a so crazy cool. world cup, but now something worth mentioning now that Japan has been eliminated, we're going to get a new winner of this women's mm. world cup, which I think is super, super cool. Again, we talk about the unpredictability of this women's world cup. You'd go into it. Like when we were making maybe our predictions prior to the tournament, even starting USA, France, England, Brazil, some said Canada, you know, mm-hmm. Germany, a lot of these teams are out. Like obviously England and France are still, are still there. We have to see their quarterfinal matches that are coming up here shortly. But mm-hmm. right now in this point in time, without even seeing those matches, Julia, do you have a gut feeling oh, man. as to who could win it all? See, I don't know. So, okay, let's talk about this for a sec. Who do we have left? We have okay, let me pull Sweden, up the photo. Spain, France, Colombia, England, and Australia exceptional teams for very different reasons. And I also, yeah, before we talk about who we might think would win, have to mention the fact that all of these quarterfinals, outstanding teams, outstanding players. So again, it's it's really unfortunate to see some of these fabulous teams go home. But now we're left with literally cream of the crop right now in this tournament. I don't know. I mean, we have to talk about Sweden and they're finding ways to get through. But Spain, if I just think if Spain plays how they did, um, yesterday evening, they can certainly lift the trophy. I was super impressed with that. France, they know how to get it done in the big situations. I think it would be super cool to see Colombia, you know, get to the semifinals. Australia has home soil advantage. England's resilient. So to me, it's like every team has something that could get them all the way here. And it's kind of stressful thinking about who's going to win because, oh my gosh, Caroline, I don't know. I would be happy if any of them won, to be honest. I have to think about this for like 30 seconds. (laughs) I have a hard time. Maybe we'll answer this question after we see England, Colombia, France and Australia. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about this into the semis, Mm -hmm. but I'm having a hard time even deciding between Spain and Sweden. No, I think (laughs) I I agree with you. Spain continues with Mm -hmm. the way that they played against the Netherlands. They could win it all. If Sweden's able to again, grind out another, (laughs) another like a win against a top tier team, like the way they have been. And again, I want to preface, I don't think Sweden plays the best football. I think at times that they need to clean it up. I think that, you know, their passing could be better at times that they need to make better decisions, but they grind it out. I mean, you can't take that away from them. So yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking about that game. I think maybe we'll answer that in the semifinals because I agree. I need to see what happens between France and Australia and England and Colombia, mm-hmm. which I, again, cool. if I'm, I would be, I don't know. I don't know how you're feeling, but I'd be I'm stressed. <laughs> Very stressed. I just have this gut feeling that Colombia is going to take it. I don't know. I I think so too. Mm-hmm. I, I think so I, too. But I felt the same way about the Netherlands. I felt the same way about Japan. And true. here we are. True. <laughs> so who really knows? And I I do genuinely think whatever team comes on the pitch and it's it's their day, they're the ones that are going to win at the end. And that's really unfortunate to see that if again, if you're just not having your best day on the field, if you miss one shot, that could be your opportunity. So, yeah, it's genuinely a toss up. 
Okay, guys, well, we'll recap the next two quarterfinal matchups whenever we're back here on Kicked Back presented by Betway. But in the meantime, let us know what you have thought about the Spain-Netherlands match and also Japan-Sweden and just how you're feeling at this point in the Women's World Cup because it's been chaotic. Chaotic, unpredictable, and we love it. We love to be wrong. We love to see all the upsets and we love to come on the show and then just kind of dissect what happened in that day of, of women's world cup coverage. So thanks Julia for always being on the podcast. We mm-hmm. appreciate you and yeah, we'll be back next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.